0: Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. I don't know what your your new year has been like. Maybe this is the first time you've been with us since the new year. Can I just say Happy New Years, right? Uh, maybe maybe you weren't here with us on New Year's Day. You you made it, all right. Maybe you were sleeping that that week, all right. That morning, that's a a okay. But on New Years, I cast the vision. I you see every year. Uh, this is not a good place for my my table. It's very unstable right there. Uh, but every year, we sort of. Um, Give a word for the year, and it's something that I pray over months before, and maybe we do this individually. Maybe you have a word for every year, word for your family, and we have a word for our church every year. Last year was bringing it home. We knew that uh, we started this, this fundraiser. We started this campaign to move into a space of our own, and the, uh, the vision of glory is never founded upon somewhere you can be on a Sunday. Uh, but always it is whatever God does on a Sunday should empower the home because what happens in the home is way more important. It is the consistent, it is the continual life that we live. We live. You can fake it on Sunday, but you can't in your home. All right, it just, it will crack. It will crumble. And so bringing it home was last year's, and obviously we got to literally bring it home and be here. Uh, but this year, as I prayed through, I gave the word, and it was breakthrough. I'm praying for breakthrough. I don't know what your year last year was, but I believe, and as we continually sit down in this, I believe that there has been many prayers in faith. You're sowing in faith of last year that God is going to finally break through the surface this year. I'm praying for relational breakthroughs in our church. Maybe you uh, have, have a marriage that has been struggling. I am praying there will be breakthrough. Maybe you have some family members, relational issues. I pray breakthrough. Uh, I'm believing in mental, emotional breakthroughs this year. I'm praying for addictions to be loosened in the name of Jesus. I'm praying for healings. Do you believe in healings? Yeah, I'm praying for breakthroughs this year on our street, in our city. I, I believe even the American church. I think we need some breakthroughs. And I told you last week that the word breakthrough is not often defined how we like to define it and maybe an impactful moment. But spiritual breakthroughs, I gave you this definition. I just want to set us back where we were last week. I told you that spiritual breakthroughs are always from God. They are always against something and they're always pointed somewhere. You see, we often want a breakthrough, but we misunderstand the point of a breakthrough. Uh, I told you last week the, the Lord of the breakthrough, as King David called him, the Lord of the breakthrough, the issue with that word is it's all about disaster. The word breakthrough is destruction, wrath. It's actually asking God to come in and destroy what is standing against him. Often, I told you, we want a breakthrough, but we want what's standing against us to end. And the Lord's like, listen, that's not standing against me. What's standing against me is your attitude. Or what's standing against me is your bad stewardship. You remember we talked about that. What's standing against me is not your marriage. I know you want a breakthrough in your marriage, but it's your pride that needs to break. So there's something always from God, spiritual breakthroughs. It's always against something, and it will always point us somewhere. It will. I believe there's going to be movement this year. That, that people who uh, never dance and get joyous in worship will start joyously worshiping. And why? Because they had a breakthrough. There are going to be uh, relationships that, that, that are, are more than ever before showcasing the, the, the surrender of Christ and the adoration of the church. Why? Why did that happen? Because of breakthrough. I'm believing breakthrough in this place. So, it's always from God, against something, pointed somewhere, and I told you last week, breakthrough cannot happen, but through petition. Breakthrough comes through petition. Through us saying, all right, God, this is it. I'm I'm in need. There's something standing against me, and it's not what I always think is standing against me. It's actually a lot of my flesh problems. There's a lot of mental thoughts, and and I'm, I'm lacking clarity. I need you to break through, and so you're petitioning. So, last week, Talked about the Lord of the breakthrough this week. Talking about petitioning. How do we address the God who breaks through? And I'm excited. And from that, I have called the month of January. We are doing a 21 days of fasting and prayer. Some of you are like, "What? 21 days? What? Fasting and prayer?" Some of you are like, "I, "I did not. I did not plan for this. It's okay. It's all right. Many of our bodies aren't planned and prepped for this either." But we will get into this. When I say the word fasting, I don't know what your background is. I don't know if you've ever engaged in fasting before, but I will encourage us uh, in, in a narrow way to fast, but there's also going to be so many ways that you can do it. All right, in this narrow way, I believe the, the options are wide. All right, so uh, I, I encourage you, we, throughout this, I will share the, 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 the position of fasting. I will share what the Lord is doing, it, how we petition the Lord through fasting. But at the end, you get to name and claim what it will look like for 21 days for you. All right, maybe you're going to fast as a community with your small group. Good. Uh, Our small group decided every Tuesday, we meet on Tuesdays and we share a meal. Every Tuesday, we're going to fast that day, uh, breakfast and lunch, and then break it, dine together at sundown. And that's what we're going to do. I'm going to attempt to do that, and I will—I'm sorry, God, I won't say attempt. I will do that. That's called a warrior fast every day. Uh, I feel in my heart what I want to do is not eat breakfast or lunch every day um, for 21 days and then eat dinner with my family upon sundown. And so you could do whatever in that. We'll get into it, but we will fast. I told you last week that fasting breaks stubborn yokes. It does. Fasting breaks stubborn yokes, And that's what I'm excited to get into as a church. Cause, uh, can we all agree just a show of hands? And yes, I challenge all of you to do this because you are stubborn. Can we just agree that we're all stubborn? Anyone like, uh, yeah, You're stubborn, okay? If anyone hasn't told you it, just talk to your parents, okay? They will remind you, you are stubborn. Fasting breaks stubborn yokes, and there's a part of us that wants what we want, and we want what God wants. And at the same time, I just, that won't happen. We can't say, God, give me a relational breakthrough, and him not say, "Uh, okay, well, then let me dictate what relationships you need to have, Right, like we can't say, God, give me breakthrough financially, yet have a poor heart of stewardship. God's like, I'm not going to give you that. I, you, you handle the little well, you can handle the much well. So breakthrough starts from us. And so I'm going to dive into some scripture today. Those of you who like who like the Bible, we're going to dive in deep. Are you ready? Uh, we're starting at 2 Chronicles chapter 20. All right, there will be a lot of text on the screens, so stick with us. Second Chronicles chapter 20, and this is a story of fasting. All right? So it says, after this, after what? A victory, okay? A victory for the people of Israel. After a victory, the Moabites and the Ammonites, very common enemies of the Lord's people. And with them, some of the Munanites, or whatever you want to say, Meunites, they came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Messengers came and told, Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom and beyond the sea, and already they are there at Hazazon Hezaz- Tamar, that is Gedi. I'm like, why can't we just say Engedi? That's a little easier. Jehoshaphat was afraid. And he set himself to seek the Lord. Can I just tell you, when there are things that come against us, there is a natural response, and it's not negative. It's not bad that this is a flesh response. But there is a natural response of fear. You notice something that is coming against you? It's okay to be afraid, but look what he does next. He set himself to seek the Lord. One thing I know for a fact is if you actually fast, there are going to be some things that are going to come up that you're going to be afraid of. Can we just all agree that that uh, hangry little toddler is inside of all of us? Uh, and, And when that happens, there will be some things that start getting inside and around and we become aware of. Fear will set in. But God, I set myself. I set myself to seek you. And so he proclaims a fast throughout all of Judah. Verse 4 says, Judah assembled together, and they sought help from the Lord. And all of the towns of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. They sought the Lord. Now I'll tell you, uh, many of the times we are right here, where we know, and I want to put you in this position of often it's not actual Moabites and Ammonites coming against us, Right. Many of the times we know the things that are coming against us, and we know maybe their origin. Let me explain it this way. You know that you have, you have daddy issues. You know that you have trust problems. You know that you have, you have issues uh, with, 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 uh, with bitterness. You know that you have problems believing that people will abandon you, and you also can track that, some of us. We're smart. We know where those enemies came from, right? A lot of us were like, yeah, it was when they left. Yeah, it was when that happened. Some of you know my things from my childhood, my trust problems, they came from the abuse. My fears, they came from that sin. My doubts, they came from that lie that I was told or I believed as a child. And many of you know, like my insecurities, they came from that desire that was unmet. And I put myself out there and then I got hurt. A lot of us, we can trace things. Those nightmares, they began during that season. Often we know where an enemy began. Some of us know. Yeah, it was in my childhood. Or yeah, it was when that happened. But we often struggle to know from the beginning moment where the Ammonites they came, we struggle to know where that enemy and us meet. That is why he was afraid. God, they're coming against me. Where are they at? What are they doing? God, I got a lot of fears and I got a lot of pains, but where are they at? Like, I'm, I'm, what, what, where are they now? I know where they started, but like they've, they've put themselves in so many parts of who I define myself as. Where is it? Anyone ever feel like that? Like, I just got so many problems. Where do they connect, God? This is what the people of God were, and they were afraid. So the fast happened. It's this, like, I don't know the ins and outs, but I need a breakthrough. And I think that is a very okay place to be. God, I don't know the ins and outs of my sins and how deep they went and my addiction and all the things that it touched. I know where it began, but I don't know all the things, all the valleys that it's crept in. But God, I need a breakthrough. And so verse 5, it continues. Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord God, our ancestors, are you not the God in heaven? Do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? In your hand are power and might so that nothing, no one is able to withstand you. Did you not, O oh God, drive out the inhabitants of the land before your people? Haven't you already done it, essentially? Haven't you already done it? And haven't you given it forever to the de- descendants of your friend Abraham? It continues, verse 8. We have lived in it and we have built your sanctuary in your name and then he quotes Solomon. Do you remember? This is just for the family of Glory Church, all right? Uh, you remember when we moved into this place and we were able to dedicate the temple? Do you remember that? And uh, I read from when Solomon dedicated the temple. So Solomon said, all right, God, this is yours. But if this space is yours, then can we just have an understanding that whatever your people pray in your name, in this place, with an earnest heart, will you hear us? And the Lord said, Whatever you pray in this place, with that sincere heart, I will hear you. And so day, uh, this right now, Jehoshaphat is remembering that. And he's saying, haven't you said, didn't you say that if disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, pestilence, famine, that we will stand before you in this house and before you for your name is in this house. And when we cry to you in our distress, you will hear and save. He calls him out. I love it. Like God's... Didn't you say that you would do this, God? That you would take all of our enemies and and move them out of the way? Yes. Yes, I did. So verse 10, see now the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade. Now they're on us. They're on us. Verse 11, they reward us by coming to drive out your possessions that you've given us to inherit. But our God, will you not execute judgment? For we are powerless against this great multitude that's coming. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Now I'll just tell you right now, there is a great reward for your fears to be on you, to oppress you, and it's not even about you. Listen, the reason the enemy attacks you, is not about you. It's about the calling that has been spoken on you by the Lord. And the enemy is like, my way to shove my foot in, the, in the, his enemy, the God of all God's face, is by blocking the callings he's spoken on his people. So listen, even when someone comes against you, the enemy... When a lie is spoken, and it's, a, it's not an attack just against you, but it's attack against the very voice of the Lord who has spoken that new life on you. Does this make sense? And so the very reason they were able to stand, they said, their reward is to drive us away from your land, God. It's not even our land. It's the land that you gave us as an inheritance. They're coming at you, God. When are we going to start saying, I have nightmares, God. And they're coming at you. God, I have fears. I have, insu- I have sin patterns. I have addictions. And they're coming at you. Stop just putting you in the only story. Because you will fight. But you're powerless. Because the battle's not yours. Right? They're coming against you, God. I'm powerless. I think some of us need to admit in this time of fasting how powerless you are. It is a lie from the enemy to think that we can handle it. We're powerless, but God, our eyes are on you. So Jehoshaphat called a fast, citywide, community-wide, kingdom-wide. Pastor Greg is calling a fast. All right, community-wide, small group-wide, glory church-wide, we're calling a fast. And Isaiah 58, to really trip it up, okay. The people of God began this journey of, I'm pausing the story, okay? Those of you who love happy endings, you got to wait for it now, okay? We're pausing the story. The people of God got in a habit. Anytime something we want isn't happening, we will fast, which is okay if what you want, you also know God wants. But the people of God started trickling down and getting into this habit of, wow, if we fast, the Lord moves. Does that mean he moves because we fast? Hmm. If I feel like he's not moving, maybe I should start fasting. And what began happening is this wrong perception of the idea of fasting. And so Isaiah comes on board. Isaiah 58, are you ready? This will give us a very clear imagery of what fasting is and isn't. And then we're going to jump back into the story of Jehoshaphat, okay? Okay. Verse uh, one of Isaiah 58, the Lord says, shout out Isaiah, do not hold back, lift up your voice like a trumpet, announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins, yet day after day they seek me. It's it's not this, they actually seek, no, they seek me for what they want. They delight, they say, to know in my ways, as if they were a nation that actually practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask me righteous judgments, and they delight, right, to draw near to God, and they say this, why do we fast, but you do not see us? Why do we humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Now, we're going to pause right here. The, The people of Israel were really saying, God, like, I'm doing this. Why aren't you showing up? I'm praying the right things. Why aren't you working on my behalf? I'm fasting, so give me what I want. And it's, it's this neg- this nasty little thing of uh, he, will, he will hear me more. Can I just tell you right now, this is just at the get-go. This is blunt. I'm going to make it plain. Fasting does not make the Spirit of God listen more at all. Jehoshaphat fasted, called a citywide, countrywide fast. It was not so that the Lord would listen more to them. Fasting is not, listen, it's not so that he hears us more. He's not obliged to do what we say when we're fasting. That's not the point. The spirit does not obey fasting. That's not how it goes. In fact, can I just tell you spirits, plural, do not obey fasting. Can I tell you the attitude problem? The word spirit, just a little fun little little thing, a little aside. The word spirit in the Greek is the word pneuma, and the word pneuma also means attitude, way of thinking, disposition. So when people say you're operating with a spirit of fear, I really do believe spirits carry with them attitudes. And when I'm saying you have a spirit of fear, that's an attitude of fear. That is a disposition of fear that you're operating with. Can I tell you that those attitudes do not just submit because you're fasting? They don't. That attitude won't change just because you're fasting. Spirits do not listen to fasting. In fact, if I could just bring you to a story, uh, I'm just gonna have to tell it to you. Mark 9, you can write that down. Uh, There's a little boy who was possessed by a demon. And the demon would throw the little boy in Mark 9 into the fire, try to drown him, and this was constantly happening since a young age. And the parents of this little boy brought him to the disciples, and the disciples tried over and over, be gone, like, get out. And and the demon remained. The demon stayed. Then Jesus comes on the scene, hears that the disciples couldn't, and guess what he says? You faithless generation, how long do I have to be with you? Literally, that's what he says. Notice he didn't say, you fastless generation. How long do I have to be with you? But the story keeps going. He said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move, and it would. And so he said to the parents, how long has he been possessed since childhood? Okay, spirit, be gone. And instantly the boy was healed. Later on the disciples said, Jesus, why couldn't we? And he said, this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting, Can I just tell you right now, the spirit within that little boy would not listen simply because they're fasting. That's not not the point. I know we can get there. We can think that. But what actually happens is fasting affects the faith and our faith interacts with the spirit. Are you ready? Fasting affects your faith. The problem wasn't a uh, fastless generation. It was a faithless generation. The reason we fast is because fasting affects our faith. And it's our faith that interacts with the spiritual world, where my faith can say, lie, be gone. And it's not because I'm fasting, but it might have grown. My faith might have grown through the fast. You see, it's when my fast is pointed to know the Lord more that my faith is grown. And then in authority, I can say, "Mountain, move." I can say, "Enemy, begone." It has nothing to do with the fast unless the fast points and grows the faith. This makes sense? You with me? Faith is what interacts with the spiritual realm. And honestly, it interacts with the, the spirit of God. Listen, it grows the faith that stands when the evil spirit must flee. Fasting will grow the faith that speaks with authority. Fasting will grow. As we petition the Lord, it will grow the faith as we say, God, will you move into this? Will you just move into this? God, will you intercede in this? Will you change in this? The disciples said, Jesus said, you of little faith. Their issue was faith. If you want to write this down, write this. And we're about to jump back into the story. Uh, But fasting challenges the wrong beliefs found in the one who is fasting. That is why we fast. We fast to wait on the Lord, but fasting literally attacks the very things, the wrong beliefs that are standing in the way of us. It's really powerful. So Jehoshaphat knew, I am afraid I need to fast because my fasting will build the faith that makes fear go I need faith. Some of you are like, I have got a struggle with addiction. Okay, well, what you can do to have an addiction, it's not a fasting problem. It's a faith problem. But you can train your heart to believe the Spirit. How do you do that? Stop trusting the physical to do everything for you. Right? You have a hard day. I think we all know. What do we want? I mean, maybe it's just me. A tub of ice cream. Yeah, I do. I do. Because if I just fill my stomach just a bit, it seems to lessen. There's a reason God said eat and be merry, but there's a problem when the merriness comes from the eat, right? It's not the truth. That's not the truth. And we, we control our day by it. I wake up, I eat this so that I can have strength to keep going. How about I eat the word of God so I can have strength? There's a subtle change. Um, and then I go to lunch and I, oh, I'm so ready for lunch because I could take a break. Do you see? It's so physical, we're thinking. Fasting challenges us to say, what are the beliefs that are wrong so that I can have faith? Fasting is not about God giving you what you want. But our spirit begins to be conditioned to trust him. It is. Our spirit gets disciplined to trust him. Literally, we need it. Jehoshaphat needed it. Uh, so we're going to go back into there uh, into Isaiah 58 before the story. Because there's a, a goodness and a poorness in fasting. And the people of God kept doing the latter, uh, obviously. He says, look. There is a good way to starve your flesh and to feed your spirit. But look, you're serving your own interests on your fast day and oppressing all the workers. Look, your fasting is only quarreling. You're fighting. You're striking with a wicked fist. Such day as fasting will not make your voice heard on high. Fasting will not make me hear you. It's faith I'm just going to tell you this. I prepped our staff meeting. Uh, We have staff meeting every Monday morning right here. And I really just said, like, I haven't done a community-wide fast, but I've done a personal fast and a family fast. And I know the things that rage war in me when I fast. Anyone else get really hangry? Anyone else get really snippy? I told our staff, prepare yourself for people and their emotions to riot. Quite literally, fasting, if you want to write this down, when we fast, the carnal will come to the surface. It will. But what the people of God were doing in their immaturity, not building faith, they were saying, okay, I'm fasting today, so I'm going to take a me day. I'm fasting today. I'm going to take a me day. The people of God, like, I'm just, I mean, it's just, I, I need to not be a part of that because I'm, I'm, I need a me day. The people go out there serving their own interests. They, it, it's their day of fast, so they can set the odds, right? They can control it. No. Fasting will show the carnal, and if you, your desire is, I just need my plan to happen, because that's how I get when I'm hungry. I, that moment that it happens, I have an obligation to surrender it as I keep going in faith, I have an opportunity to surrender it, to to submit. Like literally, as we get into this, we have the opportunity to say, I'm going to put this down, this carnal desire. I just wanted to bite their heads off. I'm going to put that down. And instead, I'm going to pick up the will of the Father. I'm going to pick up the word. I'm going to pick up uh, praise. I'm going to pick up his presence. I'm going to his sight. I need it. And honestly, like you're going to have a lot of downtime. I challenge you to fast this week. I challenge you to fast for 21 days. You will realize how much time you spend chomping your teeth. There's going to be a lot of downtime and a lot of things are going to come up. Some of you, you haven't thought of that in a long time, but are going to want to go back to that. You're going to want to go back to that website because you have a lot of time on your hands. You haven't thought of it in a long time. You got married and that problem hasn't been a part of it in a long time that those desires that have been squashed by you feeding your belly, they will rise. Our job is to submit them and to hit on his word, to go to his presence, to do his will. And it continues. He says in in verse 6 of of Isaiah 58, he says, this is the fast that I want. When you're fasting, to loosen the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, literally to let the oppressed go free. And what I love is You're not fasting on your own. In fact, as we get into this, there will be themes every week of what we are fasting and praying breakthrough over, and you better believe that this should extend beyond you. You should be praying for breakthrough in your small group. You should be praying breakthrough for your spouse. You should be praying breakthrough for me, for your leaders, for our staff. Why? Because the fasting that is pleasure, pleasurable to the Lord, what grows your faith is when you say, I'm going to let the oppressed go free too. I'm going to have a time of fasting where I'm praying also for the oppressed. And I know I'm oppressed at times, but it's going to extend beyond me. It's going to extend beyond me. And he continues though, isn't it? to share your bread with the hungry? You're not eating it, and you've baked it. Isn't it to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the homeless into your house, to see, when you see the naked, to cover them, and not to hide yourself from yourself? You see the neglect of food in faith should lead us to do the will of the Father. It is. And you actually have a way to do this, uh, if I can just tell you right now. Uh, We're gonna have a serve day, You just heard it. Uh, We're having a serve day on the 14th, which just put that calendar in your mind. That's this Saturday. You will be six days into your fast. You better believe you walk in and the smell of Miss Rhonda and everyone else's chili and soup is going to make you go crazy. But guess what? This soup day is not about you. It's not. Come hungry. Why? Why? Because there's people who are always hungry that we're called to feed. That's a fasting that's pleasurable. Or you can hunker back down at home and miss the whole point of this. You want a breakthrough? That day will break some of your selfishness. Eee. That day will break some of your impatience. Because I don't know if you've ever um, actually engaged with the hurting and the helpless. They're hard. They're hard to love. They're hard to love. You want to love well? Go that day and just say, Lord, I'm going to hand down these carnal things. I'm going to pick up your will. I'm going to pick up your will. So join us on Saturday, okay? I'm getting back, though. He says, when you do this, verse 8, then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your, your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then, verse 9, you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. Why? He listens, the spirits both going on inside of you, those, those bad ones, uh, those attitudes, as well as the very spirit of the Lord listens to the faithful. This is why scripture, James says, the prayer of the righteous one is powerful and effective. Why? Are they righteous? Because they fasted? No. Scripture says Paul tells the Romans, Abraham, his acts of taking Isaac up to sacrifice, the act of him surrendering what he held dear, fasting, the act of it, it showed his faith, and his faith is what counted as righteous. You are righteous because of your faith. But if you have a faith problem, we can start with fasting. right It's all cyclical, but you're not righteous because you fast. You're righteous because of who you have faith in you have faith in. And so it's really powerful, though. The Lord will listen. This month is way way more. This is not on the screens, but I need you to hear this. This month, 21 days, is way more about weakening your flesh. It's way more about weakening your pride. It's way more about weakening your selfishness. It's way more about weakening your independence, well, I lean on my husband, my spouse, but you don't lean on your community. Listen, that's independence. And it is a vein. It's a vein of American church. We are too independent and we wonder why breakthroughs aren't happening. You weaken your independence. And when doing so, faith will rise. It will. So each week, I told you, we are going to do a focus. This focus, are you ready? First seven days of fasting, the focus, the breakthroughs we are praying for is this week one, we're praying for mental and emotional breakthroughs. All right, we're about to dive back into Jehoshaphat's story because you can see it very clearly laid out, mental and emotional breakthroughs. Now, some of you are like, I don't have those problems. Listen. The very reason, I'm going to be a little blunt. Are you ready? The very reason you won't step out into the spiritual is often because you've already lost the war in the mental. The very reason you won't step out into the spiritual is because you've already lost the war in the emotional. And so, there are things that the Lord is wanting to heal. I put this first one first for a reason. There are things, there are anxieties, there are fears, there are worries, there are confusions, there are doubts that he wants to heal. There are obsessive thoughts, all right? In fact, thoughts that you haven't even ever told anyone that you have, all right? Those thoughts, we're praying breakthrough. Because I will tell you right now, those thoughts that you haven't told anyone about, more than they come against you, they come against Christ in you and his call for you. The new life he breathed in you. And so we're going to read this. Pick up Second Chronicles 20, verse 18. Or verse 12, sorry. Our God, he says, will you not execute judgment upon our enemies? For we are powerless against this great multitude. Can I tell you right now, tomorrow, when you start fasting, the thoughts that you think that lead you, they spiral you down, the doubts, the fears, the insecurities, the emotions, the feelings, all of those things, can we just admit that at times you feel powerless to them? God, we are powerless. I don't know what to do, but I look to you. That's what we're going to do this first week. All right, because the story continues. It says... Meanwhile, verse 13, all of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. Meanwhile, all of glory is standing in front of the Lord saying, we're going to fast right now with our little ones, the the wives, the children, we're all here, right? And it continues, then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jeel, there's a lot of names, son of Mataniah, a Levite, that's the key, A priest. A priest got to stand in his calling. Can I just tell you in this place, this week, as you fast, there will be priests, royal priesthood, we are called. There will be believers that speak into you this week. Let them. All right, speak into one another. Because this is what happens. He stands up to speak, and this is what he says: Listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not fear. Or be dismayed at this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Can I just tell you right? Do not fear that you have more lusts than ever before, for the battle is not yours, but it is God's. Do not fear. That your emotional, your emotional strength is completely waned and you're just putting on the smile and you're afraid to fast because you will crumble. Do not fear for the battle is not yours, but it is God's. This week, as, as those emotions come, as, as those thought patterns start arising, do not fear because the battle is not yours. Greater than they are against you, they stand against the power of the living God. And it's when we unite with him, Who this is what happens. He says, verse 16, uh, tomorrow go down against them and they're going to come at you against the ascent of Ziz. That's fun. And you will find them at the end of the valley before the wilderness of Druel. This battle is not for you to fight. Can I say that again? We're going to fast. You're going to have some emotional things. You're going to have some mental things. This battle is not For you to fight. You keep giving into your addictions because you think that you're supposed to be fighting. How about we unite ourselves with the power of God and let Him break through? You keep giving into that thought pattern because you think you are the one who needs to fight it. The battle is not yours. He says it twice. It's not for you. Take your position. This is what you do. Take your position, stand still, and see the victory. Because it's going to be on your behalf. And it says, On Judah, O Judah, Jerusalem, do not fear. It says it twice, like, Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go and you will see it. And you will see it. You want to know why this is so important? You want to know why? It is because the Lord speaks and he shows them the intersection point. God. I set you up well with this. He shows them where their enemy is at and what valley they're hiding in. You want to know why God is the mighty counselor? Because as you fast, he will begin to show you where those insecurities that you knew started from that abuse, what valleys in you they're hiding in. He will begin to show you the the clear strategy I need you to go out, and yes, they're there. Those thoughts are connected to that, and this is why. You knew where they came from. Let me show you where they're at. And I need you to stand and watch me take them. Does this make sense? Like, this is the power. He gives them the clear intersection point. Often, we like, we miss out on this. You need to know why you do what you do. It's because it's connected to parts of who you are, and you need the Lord to sever that. So show me, God, show me. But stand, it says. And it says, verse 18 Then Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, they fell down before the Lord, and they worshiped him. And the Levites and all of them, they stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a loud voice. It is beautiful tomorrow, he says. Go down and do what you're supposed to do. Tomorrow, when you wake up, can you just go to your point, stand still, and watch the Lord work? Very, like literally, and what ends up happening, all right, so they do it. They wake up, just like you're gonna do. They brush their teeth, they don't eat because they're fasting, and uh, they, they go to the intersection. I'm going to wait and see what you do. And underneath them, God reroutes the Moabs to come against the Ammonites and below them. They watch as every one of their enemies devour themselves in the most bloodiest of battles. And they watch as every single person dies. They from above, they watch their enemies turn it on themselves. I cannot tell you how many times from above I from just watching the Lord work, I have watched my insecurities just kill themselves. They're nothing in the light of my authority in Christ. Go. They destroyed. Those thought patterns, they implode on themselves. I don't think like that anymore. That's not where it's at anymore. There's victory. And what the people of God do they hear from the Lord that they can go down and collect the spoil. A valley that was going to be that was going to be a valley of battle becomes a valley of blessing. It's so beautiful. You will have valleys in your heart where you constantly battle and fail. Let's let the Lord make them valleys of blessings, right? Cuz the battle's not yours. It's his. It's his. So I invited up, uh, where's another, have a, there's one. Here we go. I'm going to invite up a friend of mine. It's a woman. She is in our small group. Maybe you know her. Maybe you have not. Uh, A friend of mine, her name is Kim Miller. She shared something in our small group that fits so powerfully with this. I want her to share this because the issue is often we hear cool messages um, and we do very little with it. You're going to fast tomorrow, but you will not fast unless you have a game plan, right? How am I going to fast? What am I fasting for? It could be anything. Uh, Whether you just want to fast breakfasts or you're going to just fast every evening or whatever it is, but I I encourage you to include in food. And the reason is because food trains our physical to trust in our physical. So I'll hand it over.
1: All right, so the verse I want to go into is Isaiah 57. It's 13 um, through 14, if I can get this to work on my phone. Um, And the reason I think fasting is so important is because I've had a massive breakthrough in my life um, in fasting. And uh, just all kind of deliverance, breakthrough, direction, um, salvation. So, sorry, I'm getting to my verse. So, it's powerful. And if you want to hear some testimonies, grab me after. I'll give you some testimonies. Okay, so Isaiah... 57, 13 through 14. It says, but he who takes refuge in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. All right, so those who stop trying to fight the battle in their own strength, who say, Jesus, you're the refuge. I'm fleeing to you for protection. I'm trusting in you like there's no other way. There's no other way for this victory over whatever this area is in my life or the lives of those I love. You are it, you are the answer. And I'm fasting because I'm desperate. I'm desperate. Right? And when we deny food, like Greg said, right, we're desperate, we're empty. The only answer is, like, we go to Jesus. You have to fill. You have to move, okay? So you are refuge. You are the one I'm fleeing to and trusting in to do a massive work in my life that may, has, may have been there generationally, right? And then this is what I'm going to break down. It's... Um, Verse 14, it says, and it shall be said, build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction or stumbling block from my people's way. And that word build up actually means to mound or gather together. Like if you're going on a trip, you're gathering everything together in a pile, gathering everything together, go in your backpack, all right? So the first thing to break down is what do we need to mound up, gather together, to be successful as we go on this journey, right? And the journey is the first thing, where do you need to see God move in your life? And if we're starting with mental and b- emotional, um, what is the victory you need God in your life, right? And we have Where- these little
0: papers for you. Yes, there's
1: little papers. Yes. Right? And really sit before the Lord, ask him, God, where do I need victory in my life, in my emotions, in my thought process, my thought processes? All right, so you start there. Where is that? And then what do I mound up? need to mound up and bring together on this journey to be successful? All right? And for me and for a lot of us, right, if you are fasting food, you might need to go to the store today and gather some supplies. Right? You need, may need to get a water bottle. You may need to go get some vegetables and fruit. Right? You may need to prepare, prepare a lunch, All right, before you go to work so you don't like midday you're hungry and you go to mcdonald's okay right what do you need to gather together what is the strategy of action moving forward into like actually seeing god move in this area of your life right and there's like real physical habits and things you can put in place the other thing is when we're mounding up and we're gathering together i think about david Right? When he went to go take on Goliath, he had five stones. He gathered something for that journey, right? And so when we're saying, hey, I'm going after this victory in my life with Jesus and I'm trusting in him to do it, maybe I need to mound up times of prayer. Maybe I need to mound up times of worship. Maybe I need to get a worship stream together. Maybe I need to mound up and gather people who actually know what's going on inside of me right? And they can be along with me on this journey and I can be vulnerable and weak with them. And I actually did this on Friday. I gathered a few girls together and was like, this is where I am messed up and struggling. This is what God's going to do in my life because it's his promise and his word over my life and my inheritance as a daughter of God. But I need you on this journey because I get weak, right? Who's going to be on the journey? are you gathering up people to be real with and vulnerable with, right? And the one thing I want to go break down real quick and then I'll go through the, the next, it's what Greg said, like, I think the most powerful thing is the petition, right? It's not just fasting, it's prayer. So what I do, um, so it's just like a, a tool that you can do So as I say, this is where God's taken me. This is his destiny over my life. This is my promise, right? I'm promised not to be in bondage. I'm promised not to be bound by anxiety. I'm promised not to be sick. Like what is the word of God and his promises for us? And then what I do is I gather the logos and the rhema word of God. Real quick, the logos word of God is your Bible. It's all the promises of what he declares to us as our inheritance in Christ, We're resurrection and life in our bodies, right? That's the promises of God. I gather all the logos words about whatever the area is I need to see God move it. Even if it's like I believe this lie that you for me it's like he's not safe. I gather all the promises and truths about who God is, okay? Then the next thing is I gather all the rhema word of God. That's the quiet voice of God. It's the prophetic words, it's the dreams I have, it's what he's spoken to me. And I put those together, they're, they're mounted up in my backpack and I declare them, and I create actually a declaration. I didn't bring in an example, but I have declarations for each of my kids, for our marriage, for my health, for my body. I speak to my body and tell my my organs to come into alignment with Jesus, right? And I declare that. So I wanna encourage you, when you're mounding up, mound up the word of God over whatever area you are broken, struggling, can't see him, there's a lie, whatever. Your body, what does he say about it? Who does he say you are? gather it all like literally I have papers I write it all out and then I declare it okay and I stand to see the victory of God come forth. I stood still and I just declared who he is and what his word says. Does that make sense? That's the most powerful thing you can do in this time of fasting. Don't just deny food like be empty and let the word of God sustain you declare it and see mountains fall. So real quick that's like mound it up. mound up the word of God okay? And then um, that word prepare the way, it means what are you, it actually means you're turning from something, turning to, to, towards something, right? I'm turning from doubt, I'm turning towards faith. I'm turning from anxious thoughts, I'm turning towards peace, right? I'm turning from something towards something, okay? What are you turning away from and breaking agreement with and saying like this is a line, close the door, I'm going towards something, does that make sense? okay i'm not going to go deep in that cuz greg said you know i got time limit and then <laughs> The next one is what stumbling blocks do I need to remove from my way? Like actually take these things out of my life so I can step into the victory of the Lord, right? I need to physically remove them. Maybe I need to physically turn my phone off at night and have a timer on it. Maybe I need to physically take these things out of my house so I don't stumble into them. There's things I can't have in my house, right? Maybe it's dark chocolate because I like, man, I really like dark chocolate and I can't fat eat right now, right? But then maybe it's also alcohol, right? Like whatever the thing is, I have to physically remove it from my life and that creates space for me to go desperate and dive into who Jesus is okay what do you need to physically remove from your life maybe it's like Greg said those thought processes I got to click a, a switch that lie comes in that thought boom it's dead it's gone I'm turning towards you Jesus okay so as you're seeking the Lord for strategy um, here's just some things you can go into Um, but really ask him, he wants to show you the valleys, he wants to show you the interconnectedness of where we're broken, where we're bound, and his light and his truth wants to set us free. So can I pray real quick?
0: Yes, Yes, please.
1: Okay. (laughs) And I'll be quiet. All right, so Jesus, I just thank you that you're faithful. Lord, and we just declare victory, the victory of Christ and what he purchased on the cross for us over all of our lives. Thank you that you're faithful. Lord, I just, um, Holy Spirit, we just, we, we just thank you that you love to speak to us. Lord, we just speak an opening of the ears and an opening of the eyes to hear the word of God over our lives and where you want to move and where you want to set free and where you want to lose and where you want to see your kingdom come and manifest in our lives. And so, Lord, I just bless all of us to hear, to see, to move, and to see your hands um, bring forth victory in our lives. In Jesus' name.
0: Thanks for listening to The Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.